Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Forever Quest. I'm, as always, joined by Florida Man. How's it going? Hey, I'm pretty good over here. Yeah, things are good. Nice. You got any uh, Nutria I could buy? I'm starting a Nutria farm uh, for kids to ride around on, kind of like a petting farm. Nah, 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 nah. Just do Island Boy stuff. Just do Island Boy stuff here. That's all I do. I thought Island Boys hung out with Nutria, though, and you guys kind of had an animal husbandry situation. Nah, we, we boxing now. We boxing. You know, you want to box? Let me know. We box you. Really? You guys are boxing now? You want to box? Well, you looking at me kind of funny. You want to box me? Now, are you one of those new school boxers who kind of models themselves off of Rocky Balboa and like super ripped? Or are you more of the old schooler who's more about the dipsy doing the counter punch and the wickety wax? I, I just like to throw both fists at the same time. I call no. it the, du- the double punch, the one-two. No. no. <laughs> you lose. <laughs> you can't do that, Ivan Boy. If you throw both punches at one time, you're losing so much of your twist, like fulcrum momentum. You really got to keep one arm back. It's it kind of like pulling that one back while pushing the other ones forward is actually giving you a lot of your thrust. Uh, I'm really not going to be taking advice from you, yellow-haired boy over there I'm, uh, with the weird caterpillar on your lip. Just stay over there. I got a mustache, everybody. My son says I look like a goober now. If anybody out there watches YouTube Gus Johnson, he says I look like a goober, like Gus Johnson. I have this huge-ass blonde caterpillar on my upper lip. Yeah, I am just keep wondering what it's going to turn into. I kind of look like a cowboy, Sean. It kind of looks like you had a milk mustache that just soured. You know what I want to do next with my hair, but sometimes you have to wonder if you're just being that old weird dude, but I still want to do it is have you seen that haircut where you cut the sides up real high? It's almost like a warrior's haircut. It's just fucking cool, man. We're like, you cut the sides real high. I don't even know how else to describe it. Okay. And that's no it. side, no sideburns. Right. And you actually go up and like the, the, Hair is shaved like up to the top of the ear, like all the way around like a bowl. And then your hair starts from up there. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's what I want. But I don't I don't like to go and have stuff done. Plus, if you go to a, a place in Iowa and tell them to do that, they're probably going to make it shape like a piece of corn or something. I mean, they don't know how to do the fancy stuff here. They're probably just going to make me look like, you know, some old guy, some Matlock guy. Um, I mean, if you'd let them do what they want... Probably going to part your hair to the side. Yeah, a nice little part. Yep. Oh, thank you for doing my hair like that, Samantha. It's really nice. You do it just like your dad does his. Well, you have two natural parts here, so let me just step you back a little bit here and sit you in the chair. And uh, let me see. Let's comb it down a little because your hair is a little frizzy today. The barometric pressure is real high, if you haven't noticed. (laughs) That's right. Speaking of barometric pressure, so you are in Florida, Sean. I am. Oh, isn't that wonderful? I am absolutely ecstatic to be here. Um, My mother's house was right in the path of the last hurricane that came through. Uh, She lives in Rotunda, which is right outside of Port Charlotte. And... um, that is basically Boca Grande area is right where the hurricane came through. And I learned something through this whole event because your brother, who you're obviously friends with because he's your older brother, who also happens to be one of my best friends. You introduced me to him when we were, what, like in college or something like that. And I've played so many poker games and so many games of Catan with that man and had a lot of deep conversations with him too. He's part of the reason I got into art too, you know? 
And mm-hmm. um, so I was stayed abreast on that. And I felt like I learned something through the whole process. Cause when your brother told me he was moving down to Florida, I'm like on the coast, I'm like, isn't that dumb? <laughs> I know so many of you out there right now who are like, you're dumb. <laughs> but I'm like, every year I hear that Florida gets smashed. Like all their houses get destroyed by hurricanes. Like who would move there? I didn't get it. And then it happened. Like as soon as he moved down there, it happened to him. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, of course it happened to him. But then it was explained to me like, no, you don't get it, Jeff. It's not like all of the coastline of Florida gets destroyed every year by hurricanes. It's like one city gets picked every year. There's like, you know, hundreds of cities. It's a very pinpointed thing. It doesn't destroy everything. It lands in a very specific place and they just got super unlucky and happened to be last year's city. Is that a better way to think about, like, it's not like if you move down to Florida, you're fucked with hurricanes. It's just like, is the lottery going to hit your city or not? And it depends on where you live in that city too, because like where my mom lives here in Rotunda, yeah, there's damage. There was a lot of damage, but nobody's house was completely demolished, right? Right. I mean, I'm sure there were a couple, but it, there, then there were places where their, their houses were underwater. Right. So yeah, it, it's, there's a scale there as well. It's like the, the same thing that's going on. And uh, my thoughts in go out to uh, those folks that are in the path of those uh, tornadoes right now, too. Cause that, it's that's so sh- windy here right now, Sean. Sh- it's scary, yeah. It's you guys windy. Minnesota's were- getting snow and stuff. You guys getting that? Uh, no. Well, the weather's fucking crazy right now. What we're experiencing right now in Iowa is one day is like 30-something, one day is like 60 or 70-something. And so as a result, the weather is getting fucking nuts, like winds and stuff, because we have these weather patterns smashing into each other as spring comes in the door. Yeah. But um, no, it does seem similar to that, though, where like, because with a tornado, like you look at a picture of it afterwards and it's like, oh, this house is fine because it was 20 feet away from the tornado. It's very much like, were you unlucky and were in the path of it, uh, not like it just destroys everything. Like I thought that's what hurricanes did because being somebody who doesn't live in Florida, every time you see the news, you're like, oh, that's all Florida is. It's a fucking hurricane playground. But it's just like when people think it snows all the time in Minnesota and it never gets warm, right? It's just like this perspective thing because that's what I'm always exposed to. Either that or like people wrestling gators at like a barbecue and like throwing them in their trash can and being like, look, mom, I got another one. <laughs> I mean... I think I think Florida is just as diverse as the United States. If you you know on a on a big scale of things, you know you have Miami, which is like all glitz and glamour and very upscale, very wealthy. Um, and then you have that's the one. I think coast of dance area. clubs. When I think of Miami, I think of dance clubs. Yeah, and nightlife and uh, and um, two live crew. Right, you have Disney on that side too. Um, Orlando, all that area. But then you have the other side, which is Tampa, which is a lot more blue collar. Um, you have a huge military influence here in Florida, huge all over the place. Right. Um, in, in, in many, many different corners and pockets of Florida. Uh, and then you have like NASA and that whole scene here too. A lot of government stuff. Uh, and then you just have a lot of regular folks. Um, well, you forgot the you forgot the contingency. I mean, isn't it the biggest one? It's all those old fuckers who like lived <laughs> high off the hog during the forties, fifties, and sixties, and now they're down there sipping margaritas and talking to Jimmy Pasquimi. Yeah, I mean, you got Naples. You got Naples where you got like um, 
all the folks like the bushes have a compound there there's a lot of, a lot of wealth there too that's on the other that's on the gulf side yeah i'm talking about those like communities with like all those old dudes fucking where it's like con- it's like connected to a to a um a golf course and like all of the uh all of the golf carts say trump on the side just so they all know they're on the same page yeah those communities definitely exist the humping golf communities are oh. they're down here they have to wear Trump um, masks, though, when they hump, which I think is going too far. And then the <laughs> other ones have to wear a Melania mask, which doesn't seem quite as far to me. That seems fine, I guess. Yeah. I personally requested the Stormy Daniels uh, one when I went down there. That's the one I wanted them to wear. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Sean, no more of this dirty talk from you. God. There's, uh, there's just a large cross-section of... The United States here in Florida, I think, when you when you look at it all, and then you got the Panhandle. Panhandle's kind of a different area too. It's the uh, what I visited there, and they called uh, the place I visited the um, God. It was the Redneck Malibu or something they called it. It was like high scale for Florida, is the way they described it. They're like, this is the fancy part, but it's still Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I think Orlando's pretty fancy when it comes to fancy stuff, but yeah, whatever. Not my cup of tea. I prefer Tampa. You're a Tampa man? Mm, yeah. I gotta get that fucking Tampa, baby. I'm a huge Tampa guy. I love uh, yeah, Tampa. I like, I like the, I love the Boca Grande area. I love the Port Charlotte area, the Miyaka River. I love that whole, the whole scene here. It's, it's simple. It's similar to Tampa. It's south, south of Tampa by about an hour. But, um, I'm a, I'm a Jacksonville guy personally. I think that's pretty much the best <laughs> town in, uh, the United States. <laughs> Yeah. Nice and okay. spread out, you know. Jacksonville. Mm. What oh. a good coffee. Here's the thing. I flew through Kansas City on my way out here. What up, yeah, sir? You did. Thank, th- thanks for letting me know what uh, what uh, barbecue I should be eating when I'm in the airport. Everybody flies through Kansas City. It is the literal center of America. If you took a map and you f- of America and you folded it a couple times and unfold it and like, where's the center dot? It's fucking Kansas City. That's the first time I've ever done it, and I prefer to do it that way every time. Um, shout out to Kansas City Airport. The food was excellent. The people there were great. Um, there was not a lot of people, which made me super happy. One of the mm. deadest airports I've ever been in my life. I was just mm. ecstatic about that. And the weather, the travel was perfect. Also, shout out to Southwest Airlines. Thanks for becoming a sponsor. We appreciate that. Wow, you're the best, Southwest. We love you. Um, Delta, honestly, go fuck yourself, okay? Nah, I still fly Delta, but there's some other airlines I won't mention. I'll never fly again. But uh, Southwest actually hooked it up. Comfortable seats. Flights were great. No, nothing. No, My bags were waiting for me when I got there in Florida. I didn't have to go to the carousel. They just were sitting there waiting for me. I'd never had that happen before. What? I'm not kidding. Like, like when you get off the ramp? When I came down to where the carousels are, uh, my bags yeah. were sitting right in front of them. All huh. three lined up. Boom, boom, boom. I had there no wasn't no one was standing there. It was just like a little the, the magic uh, airplane elf had hooked me up. I remember when I was a kid, I used to think my dad was so fancy and lucky because he used to go on to hotels and airplanes all the time. My dad wasn't around very much. He made good money, but he was he was constantly on business trips, fucking drinking. It turns out, and um, <laughs> so he's gone all the time. And I thought, oh my god, what the life! And then I got into the white collar industry, and I started taking business trips all the time. I fucking hate hotels and airplanes now. They fucking suck, dude. They're dirty. They're uncomfortable. The, the only thing I like about either of them 
is that um, sometimes when I'm in a hotel room, I'll start to like binge some show on A and E that I would have never watched before, like fucking Gold Rush or something. I'll be like, "This is awesome." <laughs> That's not the only reason. We know that you like to leave a little stain stain in the bed when you get out. Well, that's part of the deal. You, yeah. When you sign the thing, when you sign in, they're like, will you please leave another stain? We have a growing collection. I'm like, of course I will. Yeah. Last day you don't use TP, you just use the sheet? Uh, which sheet? I would use most of the sheets. I use, it's like the ass pennies joke, but we can get into that another time. We have so much stuff to get into today, Sean. I think we should probably start to break it down. <sighs> Welcome to EverQuest. Welcome to Forever Quest. Um, this is the show where... We play on TLP Mischief right now. We used to be P99ers way back in the day. We used to play on a server that we don't even remember the name of, but we used to be in a guild that all yelled like a pirate for a while. And then after that, we joined, uh, it was a Might Makes Right crew. What were we called again? The War Council. We joined the War Council. and But here we are today after a 20-year break. No, not the 10-year break, 15-year break, something like that. Yeah, and probably the closest I'm going to get to being completely max-geared, actually, for this expansion, I think I might get one or two pieces closer. Hmm. Maybe while you're visiting Florida, uh, you can start selling some Nutria and buy yourself a Brahmels with it. If somebody gave you the cash to buy a Brahmels, would well, that's not the right way to say it because they gave it to you. Of course, you do it. I'm trying to figure out what it would take for you to actually spend real hard cash on a Brahmels. Oh, you were wrong though, because if somebody gave me cash to buy Brahmels, I'd say thanks for the cash, and I wouldn't buy the Brahmels. <laughs> See you later, alligator. Well, yeah. here's the thing. Apparently, the next expansion, Sean, is all about weapons. So you're trying to get your Brahmels. I'm trying to get my Bright Fire. But it might be that in a month, though, that shit's outdated. So here's the here's the real. Yeah, well, that's the other piece of it. Like I'm just waiting to get the sun thing or whatever. But I feel like it's probably going to be just as hard to get that right. Like I heard Zade say that all his years playing EverQuest, the most rare drop he's ever seen is the sun thing that drops for the monks yeah. in the next expansion. Right, so then you're going to just bet on getting that? Probably yeah. not. Yeah. Why not? I'll one, of these just nights, one of these nights, we're going to get four Bremels in one night, and it's going to be like, oh my God, we finally got lucky. Yeah, they're still going to go for a 1000 each, and I'm not going to pay that. So um, I am. I've been pranked by bank, and I don't know. I've seen a lot of people spending their DKP. Like, it doesn't matter anymore, and I'm curious about that. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. I wonder if there's something they know that I don't. I always think mm -hmm. that's the case. Mm -hmm. Zig when they zag and so on and so forth. Total zigzaggers. Do you believe those guys? Um, we did have a, a guild uh, combine, a guild merge, which I think we should talk about a little more. Uh, speaking of people spending their DKP and whatnot, um, I called them Might and Magic. Uh, that's not their name. I don't remember their name, but it's not important because they're all faceless now, just like us. And it was a huge merge. Um, I would say uh, our numbers went up by almost 50%. Like, I don't know the exact numbers, but it was a big merge. There's a lot of new faces in the guild. And I would just like to say that I have been, enjoy I have been enjoying it because there's just more activity in general. When you log on now and you see people chattering and guild talk or getting together to do groups or getting together to do content, there's just way more of it now all of a sudden that the new guild came in and everybody seems pretty decent. Special shout out to Cloudy, who I've been spending a lot of time with. Yeah, so it's uh, extremely nice when the, you know, when you get the power, the, the coattails, I'll call it, to ride uh, along with, you know, what we already had going. And um, when, it, that, when that is also equivalent to 
the people being similar minded, like just good people willing to help all that stuff. Um, I don't know. To me that it was a perfect fit. Like I, you never know what's going to happen with these things. And ultimately it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Cause like you said, we're, we're still faceless and we're going to be faceless, but um, being able to add quality players, like good people is uh, pretty vital to the longevity of the guild. And I think that this really does, does give a really good opportunity for us to ride this all the way to live. Now, Grouping with them has uh, made me realize, or being in the same guild has made me realize kind of what a special and unique position we were in. Because one thing I've noticed is a lot of them, when they're like looking for group or making a group, they're all doing content from like three, four expansions ago. And I'm like, we really push the cutting edge with Faceless. Like we're like they're doing a lot of stuff that seems just fucking easy. <laughs> like Nest Group, I'm like Nest Group. <laughs> Who the fuck mm-hmm. is still doing Nest Groups? Right. And I'm not trying to like sound like oh we're cooler, but it was just like it was like damn, you really do get in a bubble where like I don't know. Uh, we're we're always I think in the mindset of at Faceless that we're always pushing to like the latest expansion or maybe one expansion earlier. And, but it is true. And I remember that like being in other guilds who aren't top end, you don't fuck with that stuff. You just stay where it's easy and nice and safe, which I, you know, me, I kind of like that. And you always stay like three, four expansions back, you know? I was going to say, you should fit right into that little, when they're like, Hey, let's go to the Nest. You should be like, Oh yeah, guys, this is, sounds great. Oh my goodness. Let's, let's go it, kick it at the Nest for a while. It, is, fact, it, it does sound pretty not? good to me, actually. Let's go back to Paul and just really relax. That way I can just kind of well, stand that's another thing. I've been seeing that in Guild Chat. Like, who wants to go to Pa? I'm like, Pa? Holy shit. <laughs> I just <laughs> yeah, stay I think, quiet and do my thing. Well, I, I think also if you show them show them how, like one time, or show them a place that's... Um, one time. That, that'll give them the EXP at a level that they hadn't experienced. I think that's all it takes. And that's what it took for us. It took a long time of us dragging through the mud. I mean, we still do. They, they, every raid that we go on for the first through the third time, it's kind of like that. They're, you know, not, not for every person in the guild, but for me and for you, for sure. It's Speaking like dragging ra- through the mud. Speaking of raiding, oh, and dragging through the mud, that reminds me of mud dragons, which is a good topic. But speaking of raiding, I do want to do a PSA out there to everybody who's in both guilds who might be listening. This is going to be the hardest part of the transition because what's happening right now is we have guild leaders who started this expansion with just Faceless, and we have guild leaders who started this expansion with just Might and Magic, or I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact name. Um and they develop their own strats. And so now we've combined and we have different strats for this expansion. And so there's going to be some like people in our guild who are like in a raid leader from the other guilds raid and being like, why are we doing it this way or the other way around? And just like fucking relax. Like we get so much fucking loot. <laughs> like just relax. And everything's going to change with the next expansion. Cause then we're all going to start on the same page again. And uh, you know, one thing I feel like uh, this merge they're bringing a lot of their like community and their vibe in which i think is perfect like they're able to still be themselves um but at the same time i've heard that they're like on board with a, basically adopting zade's way of doing things like when it comes to strats and actual raids it's zade's way of doing things and it sounds like they kind of agreed to that and so starting with the next expansion it's going to kind of be his way and i mean it makes sense like zade's been part of groups for over a decade now that have been mastering a lot of these fights. Like sometimes you go to YouTube and you're like, Oh, how do I do this fight? And you'll find the best video you can do. It's like a faceless video from five years ago. 
Yeah, there's so there's a, there's a few things for me to unpack there. You know, you, you put people who are better than you in positions of authority around you, right? That's a, that's a way to succeed for sure, um, or who are equal to you, right? So, um, and then that creates a ton of success. And I think that 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 Zaid does that on an expert level. He knows how to first understand people and then what how to get their best strengths by putting them in certain places. Um, I also think, sorry to interrupt, but I think Sade has this thing I'm learning where his goal is just to win. And I think he realizes that if he wins and the guild wins, that they will just continue to succeed. And I could be wrong here. He's never said this to me, but I get the impression that if he runs into a situation, he's like, well, I can go this way or this way, but going this way is going to cause us to succeed and get more loot. He almost always goes that way because it works out in the end. Yeah, I think that may be his goal, but I think what he wants is for everyone to succeed because... Again, that that's a part of the it's the it's the part of this thing that people refer to, but I don't think they truly understand, which is that in order for this to work, we all have to be at our very best and we all have to be the best we can be, et cetera. Right. So and the only way that that happens is if we have good leadership. Yep. And so, you know, all those things come down to those moments. But, yeah, I think that's all going to work itself out, too. I think I think ultimately the, the leadership that's new that's being brought in, some of that will be conforming to Zaid's way, but Zaid's way isn't like, uh, you know, put up or shut up. It's no, no, it's strats. It's like when right. we fight this mob, we turn them in this direction. It's like we Not use only that, our MGBCR at 50%. That's right, Zaid's way, you know, but he, but he'll also say, you know, show me, if show me something better. If you can show that's me something true. better, I'll do it. I'm listening, right? right? And if you can't, if you can't put something else better on the table, then we're going to do it my way. Or he might say, shut up. And <laughs> let's be nah, honest. Not with his officers. I don't think so. I really well, don't. Sure, maybe not. sure. <laughs> I mean, if it's just some person at the thing going, yeah, back in 2019, yeah. this is what we did. Then he's going to be like, yeah, no, we're not, you know, we're not doing that. Now, Sean, what we are going to do is we're going to play some games today. As far as today's topic, you know, we've been doing some stuff like last episode was all about AAs. The one before that was the mute. Today is going to be a new, we're going to introduce a new game, a lot of games, and we got to get to it. We got to get into it, Sean. Okay, let's get to bit number one. So bit number one, we're actually going to start with the new game, and the new game is going to span the entire episode. And in between segments, we're going to hit the other games. So this game, we don't have an exact name for it yet. We could call it good news, bad news. We could call it advantages, disadvantages. We could call it, what if I told you? I don't know. I'm going to need some input from the audience. Um, but you're going to kind of learn this game as you go, Sean. What I've done is I've created a final four type bracket of uh, EverQuest style uh, entities who need to battle each other to see who comes out number one. And you get to choose who wins each matchup, okay? Pretty cool, right? Yeah, that's um, perfect so for me. Just like March Madness. By the way, who won all that shit? Is that stuff over now? I'm, I'm not paying attention. Mm, the Vikings won. The Kansas City Vikings took down the basketball. And so we're going to be doing this tournament today. But it's called Good News, Bad News. Because the way it's going to work is I'm going to give you a matchup. You're going to choose who you think wins. And I'm going to say, but what if I told you that this person, this entity has this disadvantage, this entity has this advantage? Would it change your mind? Then you get to decide again. They advance the next round. Um, so I have four entities. They each have an advantage and a disadvantage. We get into the first round, Sean. Yeah. Okay, Sean. Round one. Now, eventually, we'll, we will need like a uh, a intro thing from uh, from Satan. Satan. For now, can you just do the ding, ding, ding? Round one. It's ding, ding. Um, can you and also then, have just a little bit of the Rocky theme in the background? <laughs> 
maybe your version of it. So there's no, you know, copyright issues. You know, Sylvester Stallone doesn't even own that shit. Somebody else got it from him. He's been trying to get it back, but it's too fucking expensive. Like Taylor, what's the matter? Just sell all your early albums, Taylor. (laughs) Sorry. God, I make myself laugh way too much. I've been doing that playing lately too. Like I got this clicky the other day where I made bunnies. I just started fucking laughing at my screen. And you think that you'd like it when people get taken advantage of somehow too. I think life, I think humans are fucking hilarious. I think life is funny and I think life is extremely tragic for everybody involved. And all I can do is laugh. I think that might be the best way for me to describe my life outlook. Humans are so like ill-equipped for what we're up against and so like pathetic and like, just, we're just so imperfect and it's just, I could cry, but I'm going to laugh instead. Anyway. Lady Vox versus Mata Marun. Ding, 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 ding. So, Sean, in one corner you have Lady Vox herself, uh, ice breather, uh, famous of Boo of Lord Nagafin, famous Mama of the Sleeper. In the other corner, you have Mata Marun himself, deformed arm motherfucker at the top of Anguish. Uh, Zade's uh, hero named himself after Mata. Uh, King of the Aliens. Who are you going to give this uh, round to? And then I'm going to give you uh, some info about each of them that might change your mind. Who would I take free, that? I'm, I'm sorry, one quick, feel free to give me a little flavor if you tell me how one beats the other, whatever, you know? All right, well, you got to give me at least a couple things. You got to give me a couple of the abilities of Mata Moran. Versus. Well, Madaran has that thing. Let's think about this. This is good for us to remember this. There's the mask thing, right? Madaran's like, I will fucking punch you. And then if you don't hit your mask, um, what happens if you don't hit your mask? Everybody gets fucked, right? Uh, if Well, if you don't, I think you die. Just die. And I think I mean, so. Can Lady Vox wear a mask? Did she get a mask? I don't know. I don't know any of this stuff. I think Mada has some ads. I think that's another thing to consider, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you fought him 80 million times. I don't need to tell you what it's like to fight Mata. Remember up there on the pillar with big wings? I do. I, I vaguely remember that. Mata has wings. Mata gives you wings. Who wins this one, Sean? I'm just trying to remember how bad he really is. If like there's mm. really seriously anything that he's like super bad, but... Mm. So... I think that isn't he one of the first things that starts to have mark of death. Is that what it is? The mark you? of de- I don't know what the mark of death is. I know he's the king of anguish, right? So he's the king of the whole God uh, omens of war saga. He's at, he's at the end of omens of war. He's an alien. I know that who brought all these stupid ass dragorns with him or something like that. Right. Okay. So I know now it's seemingly you would pick overlord Matamoran for all the reasons you just said he's an alien he's he's probably very powerful he does have this ability to death touch and all the rest of it definitely a higher level if you're talking eq you know if you're talking just literally the characters in eq i'm I'm, what lady vox is probably like 60 70 and mata's gotta be 75 80 or something like that i don't know what level they are but But i know know mata's gotta be harder 
do, are we assuming that they're the same level or are we assuming that they're this, the levels that they are? I mean, this is improv, Sean. You can actually, you know. <laughs> I, so, yeah, I'm, I'm saying that they're, they're equal levels and that, you know, at this point in time, Lady Vox has wiped out so many guilds over the Ooh, years nice. that she has gained in power and ability. And um, along the way of killing all these guilds, she's maintained to be able to get a couple masks as well. Oh, wow. I like that. So she's going to change form and turn into a high elf. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she's got a mask. Sweet. Yeah. And she's going to put her mask on and go in and unexpectedly just start speaking to Mata. Okay. And Mata's not going to expect uh, that this is a dragon. Nice. And so uh, she'll have the upper hand there. Um, and even when the ads come by the time they're in the full battle um model will never realize that that the mask is uh has been obtained and so he'll be at a disadvantage there and i think that lady vox will will win in the end um through tail whips and bites I like it. Give them some good bites, like kitty bites. Now, Sean, this is the part where I have to tell you that each of these entities have an advantage and a disadvantage going into this fight. Now, since you chose Lady Vox to win, I'm going to tell you her disadvantage and Mata's advantage. And we're going to see if it changes your mind, see who advances here, okay? Mm -hmm. Lady Vox, unfortunately, last night she ate sushi at one of those uh, colored plate places where the colored plates kind of go around the little train and like you pick it and you're like, oh, this is the $3 sushi. I'm going to eat this one. And oh, this one's been here for a good day. I'll try that one. Uh, so that's her disadvantage. She's not. He's, she's got some rumblings in her tumblings. And then Mata, on the other hand, you notice it must be uh, weird mischief rules because maybe not carrying his own loot. He's actually wielding Doomsday's hammer. Wow. That's unfortunate for... <laughs> Okay, well, there's two things that come of this. The sushi actually works out to be an advantage because you got to remember the, the tail lift and spray. You f always forget about that. But I always in, forget about that. Yeah, I mean, it's, an, it's a very, it's a used thing. It's very used, especially in this situation because it can blind as well. You, if you aim for the eyes, it can blind or the mouth, oh, it can poison. Poison, it, no, disease too, right? I thought, I thought it was mm -hmm. poison and disease. No, nah, disease is if you get it in the nose. That's the hardest one. That's true. Yeah. Um, but I think that I'm pretty sure that Mata has a death uh, mark of death. I, I, I'm pretty sure. And that means that um, Fox also had to bring along a friend. And mm -hmm. it, was a it was a cleric friend named Godric. Mm -hmm. She's um, very fortunate. Yeah, and this little cleric friend, she just kind of pushed him out in front right as they went in to talk to Mata. <laughs> and, you know... Smush? Dead. Yeah. And then the, fight was, then the fight was on. And you're saying the Doomsday's hammer wasn't able to pull, pull the weight of the fight well, in the other direction for Mata? Still Lady Vox took it down? I mean, it, that, it, that would have swung the tide, but the, tail, the sushi the tail lift, right. blinding, poisoning, and disease all caused massive swing. And if there was any acid in the poo, it could have even melted the hammer a little bit, unfortunately, and put some little pock marks in it. Well, the, the hammer's coming back with a smell that's unfortunate, but other than oh. that, I think everything else is okay. Bleach it up, Doomsday. You're going to want to bleach that one up. 
Well, we're going to get back to this uh, segment, Sean, because there's a couple other entities, and then we have to see who goes up against Lady Vox in the championship, okay? Okay. Now, if anybody else wants to participate, I will be adding this uh, to the Discord. If you want to join the Discord, please become a patron. You get access to bonus episodes. I am now on my third or maybe even fourth walkthrough for Epics that I've been recording for bonus episodes. Um, we have some plans for some other bonus stuff in the future. But first, Sean, let's uh, shout out the new patrons. Oh my goodness, there's new patrons. Oh my goodness gracious, I'm a goodness gracious man. Yeah, so we have a, a big time, uh, this isn't a new patron, but this is a big time increase uh, for Colin. Thank you, Colin, for jacking it up. <laughs> Thanks, Colin. <laughs> really appreciate you jacking it up, man. And then we have Ryan coming in, throwing down the little pledgy pledge. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan, we appreciate you. I hope that you enjoy the Discord, and hopefully we'll see you on Saturday and Sunday mornings, or this entire week while I'm off in the mornings. And then we have Rob. But Rob, I'm not going to say his last name, but it's Rob A, and then last name initial D, which if you look at that, that's rad. So let's just call this dude rad, dude. Rad, we totally appreciate you. Thank you very much. And likewise, hope to see you uh, on Saturday mornings in the Discord. All right. Well, that said, let's. We got to keep getting to more bits here. We're not going to be doing too much about what we've been playing yesterday because I got so many bits for us to fucking go over. By the way, next week, everybody, special up. I think we're going to be having a guest on and getting into some real EQ nuts and bolts. I'm not kidding either. We're going to get into something that you're all actually maybe interested in terms of like getting something done in EverQuest and you would like a walkthrough for it. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's going to be pretty fucking cool. All right. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have some leadership. I'm not going to tell you who, but, but this is also a, a shout out to anyone who listens from the new guild that just joined from leadership who might want to come on. You should let us know. Um, here we go with our first, uh, not first, I guess this is our second game of the day. We're going to be doing stump the experts. We don't have an intro for this one yet with Satan because all I can think of is, uh, Kyle Hungerson from, uh, the big Lebowski going, uh, they sound to me, I'm an expert, but I don't know if I like that. It has to be, re you know, refined. I, how about the. That's like patriotic and like parady. That doesn't have to do with experts. This Dukes of Hazard, dude. What if experts was somebody like <clears throat> puffing on a pipe and going, oh, well, actually, like some real shitbagger, you know? Jeff Goldblum. I, Jeff's kind of fun. I don't like it, though, when people are like, oh, you didn't know that? That guy can go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be one of the statements me and you have the biggest different reaction to. You're like, oh, there's something I can learn. And I'm like, that person can go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you actually didn't know that? Oh, um, it depends. Okay. I mean, if I'm in my environment. Like, if I'm in my career path, I'm not really too... Uh, listful when people comes up to come up to me and tell me that yeah let's uh let's do a stump the experts from ty aka gaza played a bunch of valheim with us for a bit you ready sean I'm ready in 2000 2001 eq ran their first best of the best tournaments every server ran them for every class then the winners from each server were brought into the test server for a final eq wide competition this also happened to be some of the first character titles ever to be awarded to players. It was hacky. 
basically replacing the winners with last names, winners' last names with the titles versus titles like we have now. Theirs was a unique title. There was a unique title for each class. Name two of the class titles that were given out during these competitions. Now, before Sean answers, I would just like to say something. I think our Discord is having fun with us by picking fucking questions that we have no way of answering. <laughs> what did yeah. you have? Yeah, guess what? We don't know the game that fucking well, all right? Prove your point yet? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you ask us something like... <laughs> I'll just ask something like what's the difference between mitigation and avoidance you know Maybe we fucking figure that one out don't ask us like who fucking Brad McQuaid's nanny was and who her, her mom's birth mother was alright we don't know this shit wow <laughs> they're fucking trolling us Sean they know we can't answer this shit Sean can you give me two of the titles please all right, I'm gonna, well, I've got to think about it. So there's, how many classes did we start off with at the time? Oh, my jeez. There's no way you know any of these titles, and how many titles there were has nothing to do with it. Here we go, stalling everybody. He's counting the crocodiles in the backyard right now. All right, I'm going with... Destroyer. Mm, I like it. I'm going with Gladiator. Mm-hmm. That's I'm pretty good. With now, they only wanted two, but I like the fact you're throwing a bunch out there, kind of wide, wide shot. You know, kind of shotgun this thing. I'm going to go with the naturalist. I like it. I'm going to go with spellblade. That's definitely not one. That's it. That's all I can come up with. That's just all D and D stuff that they would have stolen. And then from. Uh, I mean, stolen is the wrong term. I mean, every piece of art that's been made since the Big Bang is just some type of interpretation of something that was done before us. There hasn't been an original thought since, you know, the fucking snake gave him the apple. You know what I'm saying, Sean? A.K.A. stolen? <laughs> I think we're using the word stolen wrong. <laughs> I think we're uh, using the word stolen wrong. Should we, let's look up the definition quickly. I have some stuff we need to get to here. Oh, maybe the next part of the tournament here? Um, sure. What is it? All right, Sean. So now we have two more entities going head to head. You ready, uh, Satan, for a little um, round two? Ding, 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 ding. Ah, Rocky Balboa. Do you know that um, my son actually just wrote a uh, school paper on Rocky? Uh, they had to do a story on Hero's Journey, which is basically every single fucking movie that's been made in the last hundred years uses the same format. It's like, we don't care about Shakespeare anymore, Chaucer's Tales, all these cool little stories. We care about one story these days, and it's called The Hero's Journey. Introduced to your hero, you know, they have a problem, they change, they solve the problem. You know, Star Wars being like the perfect example of a Hero's Journey story. Anyway, he did The Hero's Journey for Rocky, and I was arguing... You're debating, let's say, well, because we talked about it a lot. I get into this shit. So I'm like, oh, really? Like, what's the hero's journey? And we, we got into it. And my debate is that it, his victory was not winning. His victory was finding self-worth in that movie. And the reason he found self-worth in that movie, because if you watch that movie, he does not like himself in the beginning. He thinks he's a piece of shit and nobody likes him. And everybody thinks he's a loser. Finally, by the end, he's found self-worth. And that's because Adrian liked him 
even before he had the boxing match. And so to me, that's what the movie's actually about. It's about somebody who liked you before you were famous. It's about finding self-worth. And to me, he finds that. That's why when he wins, when he draws at the end, all he, he doesn't care about interviews. He just wants to be with the one person who gives him his self-worth, and that's Adrian. I get into this shit, Sean. Mm. I think he just got hit too many times, and he just couldn't <laughs> say any other words. That's the only word he remembered. Yeah, and the flashing lights were just making him feel like he was at like a discotheque or something. So he was like, oh, so, you know, running, trying to get out of there. Oh my God, that's funny. Apparently Sylvester Stallone still owns one of the turtles, Cuff and Link. Uh, those poor turtles, they lived in a small fucking cage and he was not home very much. I felt bad for those animals. If you go like, back but- and watch, go, go back and watch the Mary Kelly Frankenstein and just watch the performance of Frankenstein and then watch the performance <laughs> of Rocky and you'll see where he got his... <laughs> he got his thing, his, his core of his character. Yeah, he was really digging, digging deep for that. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. So ding, 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 Rocky music. The next two contestants come up. Who is going to face Lady Vox in the championship? Here we have our two contestants, Sean. The first contestant in the corner is a massive train in the hole. A massive train in the hole is our next contestant. Versus Harold, the tactician, in the other corner. Ooh, Poor Jesus. Harold, who just gets fucking murdered all the time in current era. You see that yellow text pop up so much. So we have Harold, the tactician, versus a massive train <laughs> in the hole. Give me a winner, and then I will tell you some advantages and disadvantages that they have. Oh, my God. All right. Well, this one is level dependent. So Harold, the tactician, which is, who's very used to losing, right? And... <laughs> The reason that Harold is very used to losing is because he's the whole thing about him is he's he's all based on confidence. This guy, mm-hmm. he's got people always backing him up at every stop he goes to. He's like, I got this plan. Hey, man, all right, this is this thing. If anybody ever comes to beat me up, I'm gonna have you guys kicking it at the bus stop. I'm gonna show up. They come to try to beat me up. You help me out. They're right. like, yeah, yeah, give me the money, give me the money, give me the money. We'll help you out. We'll help you out. The truth is. You know, when the people show up at the bus stop to, to beat him up, this guy does not get help. He's looking around going, hey, guys, I'm ready. I need the help. And no one's helping oh, him. They're no. just all looking at him going, hey, sorry, bud. What he are you didn't talking have about? friends we after all. He thought he had friends. Right. He thought he could buy his friends. And what he was really buying was just ice cream cones. <laughs> For his friends? Yeah. <laughs> they're all eating ice cream cones while they're he's just, stuck at the yeah. place alone? Oh, they're watching him with popcorn and ice cream. Oh, like that's a weird like combo. Yeah, yeah. Try what if you out. dipped your cone ice upside down and stuck it in the popcorn and then took it back out? And- uh, if you have butter-flavored uh, ice cream and then you eat popcorn, it's fantastic. That sounds fucking nasty. I don't like the way we're talking right now. Okay, uh, versus okay. a massive train in the hole. Yeah, so the massive train shows up, right? And it's like ready to deal with him. And he turns to you know his friends and is like, you know, can you guys help me out? And they're just like, ha ha, this is going to be awesome. Oh, no. But the truth is that giant hammer he's got just absolutely destroys these wave after wave. Wave after wave just done. They just melt against him. It's like it would it would be like a mountain of lava and the ocean waves crashing into it and then just getting turned into steam. Just like watermelons rolling on up to Gallagher. He's just waiting there with his hammer. Yep. I'm just gonna create another island. There's nothing you can do to stop me. Okay, so Harold takes this one down as far as you think so far, right? Yeah, I think there's no doubt that he would take it down. 
All right. Well, then I have some more information to give you about this fight. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. So the massive train in the hole actually has a disadvantage working against it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You said it would lose. It has an advantage. We'll get to the disadvantage later if it wins. You want to know what the advantage it has is, Sean? Yes, I do. It was brought here from very deep inside the hole, like way down in. So we got the whole hole here by a tag team known as Zalzina and LM. And they are dropping those fuckers in waves. They are dropping them behind Harold. They're teasing Harold while they do it to catch them off guard. So this train is being led by the... P99, King and Queen, LM and Zell. So that's what you need to know about the train. It has leaders. It has entities that are taking it through its journey. Lots of uh, tactical things that you didn't even think a train could do until they're in charge of it. Like, if none of you have been on a raid with Zalzina and LM, they do this thing where they both are monk pillars and they fuck with each other. And it's so funny. They fucking hide each other's bodies. They drop trains on each other. They're like really good monks, and they get so bored that they just end up fucking with each other, and it's fucking hilarious. He'll be like, where did you hide my body this time? <laughs> She's just laughing. Anyway, that's the uh, advantage that the, uh, that the train has, is it was created and being controlled by the duo LM and Zalzina. Now, Harold actually has a disadvantage, Sean. Okay. This is a disadvantage that I can actually uh, uh, relate to. And that's, I don't know if there's a men out there who can relate to this, but Sean, when I need to pee, like when I realize I need to pee, it starts to actually hurt pretty quick. I'm like, God, I need to fucking pee so bad. Like, I don't know how guys can hold it for like three hours. It fucking hurts, right? So like after 20 minutes, I start doing the pee-pee dance and crossing my legs. People are like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I need to pee. That's what's happening to Harold right now. He's got a pee-pee problem. He hasn't peed for a while. He's got full garb on. There's not even a bathroom anywhere near him. He is not, and by the way, Sean, I know you're going to be like, just let him pee. He's not comfortable with peeing his pants, all right? This guy has way too much pride to pee his pants in front of his friends who are eating ice cream cones and popcorn who call him pee-pee pants. There's no way he's peeing his pants in front of them. So he just has to deal with the pelvic uh, discomfort the whole time. Nope, he doesn't. He's got what's called zip and flip. <laughs> zip and flip works extremely well in this situation. It's always usable, and it's like fire hose. I mean, like if they're coming in, you got two modes: you got fire hose and you got machine gun. And in this case, oh, he's probably no. going to use probably going to use a little bit of both. Um, yeah, I, I think Elemenzels, man, poor Elemenzels. I feel worse for them now. I put them in this horrible situation. Yeah, they're definitely getting super soakered. I think that's where it's starting <laughs> off. And then from there, they're going to just get BB gun, BB gun pellet down. Um, Man, they're fucked. Yeah. Well, and I think he's passing right now. I think he's passing some stones, too. So he's going to shoot those no. out periodically. Yeah, and take out like whole sections. Because isn't this thing an undead giant that we're talking about? Yeah, I'm feeling bad for Harold now. He has friends who aren't really his friends. He's got stones in his bladder. He gets fucking killed like eight times a day. This well, poor guy. I think oftentimes his friends don't join because they're afraid of the this this maneuver that he does, which was... It's uncomfortable to see as well as maybe get hit if you're, you know, on accident or whatever. Sometimes he'll spin around in circles when he does it. And that's, you know, you don't want to be anywhere. You don't want to be anywhere around him when he does that. One of his friends thinks they're a real entrepreneur. They're trying to film it and put it onto OnlyFans without his permission. They, they think they can make a pretty penny off this whole thing. Yeah, I don't know about that. 
yeah, they're already taken off. It's going to be huge. Well, Sean, we're going to get back to this tournament here, but first I think we better do another one of our little mini games. What do you think about that? Sweet. Yeah. I'm super excited about it. Do you remember uh, judge jury and Sean Secutioner, that old game we used to play? I do. It's super old. Mm-hmm. It's got a new name. What's it called? The Sean Shank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Whoever recommended that, this sweet recommendation, I actually don't remember. Was they say it here? Well, while we're fucking doing, uh, oh, Whispell, I think suggests it. Very fucking really funny. Anyway, you are now the parole board in the Sean Shank Redemption, and you have to make some decisions. Sean, you ready? I'm ready. TBK the Amazing asks uh, the Sean Shank Redemption: Does multiboxing ruin the game? If mm. If no, is there a number of characters where it gets excessive? Also, snapping your fingers and you can magically make multi-boxing impossible. Do you do it? Mm, and then good, they good happen question. to mention how many characters they box, which I don't know if that's <laughs> pertinent. <laughs> <laughs> does it ruin the game? I don't know. I don't think it ruins the game. Um, does it change the game? Yeah, absolutely. changes the game. Um, so... It does two things simultaneously. It makes it more possible to do things with less people, and it makes it so that less people can do things, which causes problems and also doesn't. So if you know the boxers and you, there are the type of boxers that are like, yeah, I don't really need anybody else. I can just go do all this stuff on my own. Um, but they're like, yeah, no, I want to play with other live people. Then I think it does work out. Um, the other thing I think is that I think if you were to make a, a server that was only boxing and then the other servers weren't, I, I don't think that you would have as many people playing, right? So I, th I think that when you do it where you combine them, I, I think you end up with the best result. Um, but I, I think you have to have a large enough population of people who aren't boxing as well. Otherwise, it just turns into a, a, a small amount of people hopefully being around to do it or like to do the bigger raid stuff, or you have to make your own enough of your own boxes to, to just box it. Now that I've been boxing a little bit, it's a lot of fun. Like you can do stuff, you know, even when people aren't around or it's just playing two characters at the same time can be a lot of fun. Um, to me, one of the things I'm finding out more is more as I get deeper into this game, which creates an interesting dynamic is I think that like 1% of the EverQuest players are these like, I don't, I don't know if whales the right word, but I think there's a very small percentage of EverQuest players who like have so many boxes, have a stack of computers and just get so much gear and have it down to such a science. And I think really dominate the economy. Um, is one thing I think is happening. Like when you see that stuff for sale for like three chrono, 10 chrono, 15 chrono, I think that's actually a very small select group of people who have all these alts. So you see them selling on a character's name that you've maybe never seen before. Um, it's like, who is that? It could be somebody in our guild, you know, who just farms shit all the time. And that's one thing I'm, I think I'm learning is the majority of the players in this game don't take multi-boxing to the nth degree and don't get the fucking sweet loot just by soloing stuff. But there's a very small group of people who do it to such an extent that they really dominate the market. I think all the finances in the game. Yeah. I think it, it, it's really driven by your motivation because if you play the game to, for instance, to just get gear, 
right? And and then you not even about selling it, but just to have the gear, right? Be maxed out. Then there's there's a couple of different ways you can go about it. You don't need other people. You could do it by yourself, right? Right. And so, but if you play the game to play with other people, which this game kind of tends to lean you towards, right? And the other piece of that is that when you do raid, you're oftentimes having to work with like 50 other people, 30 to 50 other people, right? Something like that. And I think that that also is a big piece of the dynamic. Are, do you want that piece of it? If, if that's not something you're doing, if you're not in a raid guild, raiding guild, then I think you're, the likelihood of you being, you know, doing those other things is, is far higher. And that's one thing I've learned about multi-boxers, especially now that I've done it myself a little bit, is I used to think, oh, they don't play with other people. But the way they think about it, I bet, is I play with other people on raid night. That's my chance to play with other people is on raid nights. And otherwise, I play by myself, and that's just how they like to play. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, well, Sean's uh, verdict is down. Little cluck, cluck, gavel, bing, bing. All right, Sean, before we get back into the game here, because I do want to tell you the uh, hidden information that you didn't know, about the characters that didn't advance. Uh, just a couple little quick game things here. Uh, Farquan hit 75. Yep. Level 75, working on AAs and spells. Ooh. Got my 2.0 too. Now, I was going to put you on the spot and be like, Sean, long term, is it Farquan or Grasshopper? But you don't like being put on the spot, right? You don't like it when I put you on the spot. Just give me an idea of like, Going forward, if you had to have a sense of how much time you'll be spending on each one. I still can't imagine not playing Grasshopper. I have so much fun with that character that I can't imagine not. It's the hoppity hop? Yeah, it just it's always, it, he seems to always be uh, useful. Yeah, I mean, even though the tank is 75 now, when we're grouping and you have the tank in the group, I'm like, well, it's good that we're getting the tank AAs, but in almost every situation, I'd rather have Grasshopper. Grasshopper's just as good of a tank as the SK and deals like three times as much damage right now, you know what I mean? Maybe can't keep aggro, but that's literally the only thing. Yeah, he's not as good as our geared out SKs in the guild, but as... No, 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 no. I'm saying compared to your SK that's just a 75. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, definitely not as good as most nicely when Sir brings him in the morning because that guy can tank a bunch of shit. Yep, he sure can. But, yeah, hit 75, so that's pretty cool. Another interesting thing in the game is um, crates just came out for the uh, anniversary, so there's all these crates you can buy, I think, for about the equivalent of, like, a couple dollars a piece of American dollars, and you can try to get illusions and mounts. And so you see a lot of that in the game right now. A lot of people riding new illusions and mounts around. Again, some of the higher-end players, I think, really dropping some serious cash on these things. It's true. You see a lot of people trying to get the illusions and the mounts. And I think the illusions are the real chase, from what I've understood, because I've asked around a bunch. I thought they were about equivalent, but it sounds like the illusions are more rare and also the things that people really, really, really want. Personally, Sean, I want that Dark Elf one, which doesn't look like a Dark Elf. It looks like a golem with a big butt. Have you seen that thing? That gray-looking golem? Destro sometimes does the illusion? Yeah. Fuck, that thing is so fucking cool, Sean. I want that. Good luck. What do illusions and mounts do for you? Do they attract you at all? Not really. Like I, I just start thinking of it as real money, and it bothers me. I'm like, oh, okay, well. What if you're on a raid and the high elf or the spirali um, mushroom illusion things drops? Does that stuff ever interest you? 
not unless it's like really good gear as well, which the, they actually are this time, but no. Well, here's what I find with those. I, um, if nothing else, they hold their value as what I'm learning. Sometimes they even go up, which is crazy. Sometimes these illusion items are the only things in this game that hold serious value. Like they'll never go down in value. People fucking love these things. No, that's true for sure. Cause gear is just going to get better and better, but who knows how long it'll be before we see another Spirali, you know, illusion clicky that people actually raid. Like as soon as we stop raiding that zone, people are going to be like, fuck, how do I get that thing until three more expansions when you can one group it or whatever? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's true. Um, how, how, I want you to tell our listeners, though, I know we talked a little bit about this before, but did you actually walk them through how you, once you have a serpent's essence, what you do in order to get the piece of a, a gear that you want in order to... Oh, you want to talk cultural? Just just really briefly. I will you tell do. you what, let's let's get the next part of the segment, game segment, out of the way, and then we'll come back to cultural. Let's do that really quick, all right? Okay, go. All right, I just wanted to let you know, and I'm just, you can't change your mind, but it, there are pieces of information you didn't have. When Lady Vox fought Mata, you learned that, yeah, she ate sushi, and yeah, he was holding Doomsday's hammer. You still gave it to Lady Vox, though. What you didn't know, because you never got to find out uh, Mata's um, disadvantage, Weakness. which yeah. obviously is going to make Mata lose even harder, is that Mata was actually down to 3%. Uh, Faceless took him down to 3% before the fight oh, even started. Dude, he's dead. He's so done. Now, Harold fought a massive train from the hole, and you gave it to Harold, right? You gave yeah. it to Harold, even yeah. though he had to really pee. And even though the whole train was led by Elemenzals, still gave it to Harold. Um, now, I'm sure this wouldn't have helped the case, but what you didn't know about the massive train in the hole is that uh, Mirror Image was actually there to manage it. Oh, boy. So. <laughs> so screwed. <laughs> <laughs> God, do you remember how many hits Mirror Image could take in the hole before he's dead? Two. God damn, P99 was different. Yeah, when you'd hear that sound, and then you would see your life bar go down to 10%. And then you'd go, well, I got like 10 seconds, so I hope this goes off. And then it did or didn't. Either you stunned yeah. everything around you, or you didn't, and you died. Uh, time to do another corpse run in the hole. You know what, Sean? I just fucking quit. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hate your fucking pet again? God damn it. Who gave your pet a muzzle? This is bullshit. <laughs> so those obviously wouldn't have changed your mind because they make an argument for the one that uh, already won. So we'll get to the championship here in a second, which is going to be Harold the Pisser versus uh, Lady Vox, the sushi eater. God, there's a lot of pee and poo in this thing for some well, reason. That's really unlikely. Um. All right, Sean, you want to talk cultural really quick? I'm not an expert, but I can give everybody a really quick breakdown. Basically, in the expansions we're in now, so let's say DODH, uh, which is Depths of Dark Hollow, then POR, which is Prophecy of Roe, and now we are in TSS, the Serpent's Spine. We get introduced to a new type of armor called Cultural, which is a crafted piece of armor that has three AUG spots in it, an AUG 7, an AUG 11, and an AUG 12. The armor has to be crafted, like I said, and that's, I believe, specific to your, like, um, class. And when you look at the armor without any augs in it, it looks like shit. And you're like, why would I ever want this? You know what? I'm going to get those molds instead with the fucking power-infused stuff and hand that and get that armor. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second there. Because this cultural, once you get the three augs in it, it's pretty fucking dope. And I just want to quickly explain what the three augs lots are, because that's what makes this whole thing up. Oh, by the way, first of all, to buy that piece of armor that I just told you about, like just the blank one with three empty spots, not that expensive. 
couple 10, 20 K, not the end of the fucking world, you know? We'll get to the expensive stuff Wait, here. So how do you? So you you have to have the essence of blood, and then what in order to no, do that? Oh, to make the actual piece of armor. Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. You need to talk to somebody who fucking makes it <laughs> that would make it for you. But it's no, it's the um, it's just the highest end ore and the highest end uh, pelts. But don't has they no, also has nothing to do with the raid stuff? No, that's that's a different step we're getting to. But don't they have to? Doesn't it also have to be somebody who can do it for your class and your race? Yeah. Doesn't doesn't it also have to be racial? It's, uh, yeah, you need to, I believe you need to find a dwarf to make your dwarf piece. If you're a dwarf, you need to find a dwarf to make your thing. Okay. Um, the armor looks like ship. It has three aug spots. The first one is the type seven. You'll recognize type sevens because that's what you probably used in this game a lot until you got your high end gear and switched everything over to eight. Well, guess what? Now you want sevens again. And there are a couple really good ones out there, but you know, I'm not going to get into this too much now because people should be pretty familiar with sevens. Come next to eights, they're the most common aug in the game. A lot of people consider them a little worse than eights, but there are a couple sevens that are pretty fucking good. So you get to put a seven in there. Then you, next, you get to put an eleven in there. Jeff, what's an eleven? That's crazy. An eleven is your uh, deity aug. You're not going to have a choice here. You're basically going to look up your slot and your deity, and you're going to find one aug that somebody has already crafted for you. Again, I know you're probably wondering, how do I craft it? I don't know how you fucking craft it. You probably need like Shilla skin bones and Spirali skins, the things that sell really good if you just farm DODH over and over and over. It's probably some of that bullshit or something. But anyway, some crafters out there will make these things. They're all over the bazaar. I think they all start with the word exalted. And uh, yeah, you look up type 11 augs and you're not going to have a choice. And it's just going to be like, ah, here's some AC and some hit points for you. And you shove that thing in. Then we get to your type 12 aug, the final aug that goes in. This is where all your money is. And this thing is fucking amazing. To make this thing, you're going to need this little combined box made by a tinkerer that's on our server right now. It's going to run you almost 400K. You're going to need either a serpent's essence or a last blood from a raid, depending on which aug you want to make. Um... And then you're going to have to buy a couple other components that go in that aren't that expensive. But the th big things are you're going to need that 400K combined box, and you're going to need like a Serpent's Essence, which I think run for 300K right now. But obviously, whatever server you're on or whether things are no drop, this changes completely. But this is where all the value is. It's that Type 12 AUG. And this AUG is incredible. Just stats all over the fucking place. And you get to customize here. You actually get to pick. You can look them up, and there's like 15 AUGs. And you can be like, oh, I want the one that gives me ferocity. Oh, I want the one that gives me decreased cast time and it's that simple you just pick out your shit that's where you spend most of your money put all three in your item and next thing you know you got a pretty badass cultural piece of gear the thing that i do have i have noticed that is the passive stuff like ferocity and cleave and the rest of that are all one level below the max level you can get if you are not doing heritage stuff just right, which might be why we don't hear DPS talk a super lot about getting this stuff. Because a lot of times when you hear pure DPS's talk, like your Sharpie talk, right? He's our number one DPS in the guild right now, closely being followed by Claudia, sounds like, on his heels. But uh, Sharpie will say, when I tune my character, you don't understand. I only care about damage. Like, I will take one heroic strength over, like, 500 hit points. That's the way he looks at his character. So, yeah, if you're that type of player, then this probably isn't the best for you because you can't get maximum, like, ferocity and strike through or whatever. But overall, it's just better gear. It's just, if you just combine all the stats, like, in a vacuum and just say, oh, armor class is worth this many points. This is worth this many points. You add everything up. The cultural armor just has so many good stats spread so far and wide. Like every piece has some attack. Every piece has some mana regen. 
it's just the stats on every piece are so all over and high. Bing bong. You ready to move on, Sean? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Let's do it. You ready for the finals here? Ready. Ready, ready. Let's see. Are we going to want to do one other bit here? I wonder if we should go into the finals or do another bit first. So you know what I want to do first? I want to give us a little update on On the Road again. We're not going to do an On the Road again, but we're going to do an update on how have we been doing? Because last couple episodes, we've done a couple up uh, On the Road again. We've not followed up. So, Sean, when I had to get from Lava Storm to the Catacombs two episodes ago, that was a Zade question. Yeah. And I said, oh, no problem. You go to uh, Nariac or the fucking forest below Lava Storm, take the POK book, go to Quenos, go to the catacombs. Apparently, that wasn't his question. He said under four zone lines, not in four zone lines. He said under. So I hit him up on the side, and I'm like, how is that even possible? Again, they're giving us questions. There's no way we know the fucking answers to. (laughs) This is some Zade shit. He said you go into like Soul B and you go into the lava and you swim backwards and it actually zones you into Quenos. <laughs> Some fucking sage shit. What? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Some weird ass fucking hack. <laughs> or not a hack, but just some weird glitch in the game that he happens to know about. This is something that happens, by the way, when you play with Zade. You'll be running through a zone and he's like, oh, stop here. Look at that. He's like, step here. You like, see how that fucking weird thing happens? You're like, what the hell? He just knows all this weird shit. Anyway. I love it. And then when you had to get from Mons Letalis uh, to Noble's Causeway, and I'm like, there's no way we can get around Luckland. This is uh, worthless. Uh, I think you actually did it right, Sean. I think I did too. Because you said you had to go through like uh, one of the Saru's, and I'm like, it doesn't connect with the Saru. Well, it does connect with the Saru. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I got it right. Yeah, good job, buddy. Yeah, good job. You were looking it up, weren't you? No, but I've just been doing that recently. We've been running through those zones, so that's why. Running through the zones, uh, having a good time with Andre Agassi. Running through the zones with the Andre Agassi. Having a good time, buddy. Oh, man. You ready to hit this, Sean? For I'm this ready. fucking championship ready. match here versus Lady Vox and Harold the Tactician? Yes, we can go play after that, yes. All right, Sean. Well, each of them has uh, something going on that you don't know about yet. So I'm going to tell you the last bit of information, then you're going to decide who wins this mug, all right? Mm-hmm. Now, what you knew about Lady Vox is that she ate the sushi at the place where you got to pick the different plates. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then she, she went budget, too. She went big-time budget. She ate some of the uh, black plates, which are the ones that have been there over 24 hours. They put them on the black plate. Those are the 50 centers. She went deep on those. Now, what we didn't know about Lady Vox is she has an advantage, her homeboy, Nagi, is in the next room, ready oh to God. add. Nobody okay. knows this. You're fighting Vox. You think it's just her? Her boy is in the back room, ready to fucking come out with a baseball bat, right? Okay. Harold, on the other hand, we know that Harold needs to pee, right? That's a disadvantage. What we didn't know is that Harold's ads are helping him. Why? Because the Pirate Guild went to go fight him, and fucking Meat Shield was hammered. It was fucking midnight, and Meat Shield was trying to tank this thing on a fucking pint of whiskey, and he turned the things wrong, and he got all the ads, and then he passed out at the keyboard. Nice. Well done, Meat Shield. (laughs) Meats, everybody, is our first ever guild leader. And uh, he would get fucking hammered. And by the end of the night, he could barely talk and the raid would just fucking fall apart. It was hilarious. He was our main tank. <laughs> All right, guys, you ready? I'm going to go and gauge Tormax now. 
my god. So yeah, unfortunately, meets the one who pulled Harold, and uh, he totally got the ads. Didn't even take any time either. Just fucking immediately pulled the ads. Oh my god. Okay, so it's it, here's here's what's going to end up happening. Uh, Lady Vox shows up, and and Harold is there, standing there. You know, got his two handed hammer there in his hands. And wait, wait, I thought he did the zip and flip, but he has the two handed hammer. He, well, he did the zip and flip, but that was only when he had to pee. Right now, that's oh, back away. So he's the, good again. He's good. The, okay. Well, like, the cannon's been put away for now. Yeah. Right. The cannon? Did you call it? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So he's just uh, been waiting. He's been drinking a lot of liquids, waiting right. for this fight, getting ready again. Coffee. Yep. And so, but you know. He's concerned because while he can see that there's a fairly large army of, of help behind him, he knows that normally they don't help. Right. So, bitch. <laughs> so he, he engages and right off the bat, all of them join him. And he is very surprised to see this. And Lady Vox is kind of surprised by this and some of her fear works and then some of it doesn't but it doesn't fear off enough and she's concerned and the tide has definitely turned in against lady Vox. But then, like you said, the door swings open and yeah. through the door walks your boy. boy. And yeah. guess what? It's not a baseball bat. He's got though. It's doomsday's hammer. Oh, he has doomsday's hammer. Did he pick it oh. off of Mata after they killed Mata? Yeah. He came oh, snooping shit. up. Yeah. Oh, and shit. that's all he does is just pat it in his hand and look at all the ads and they just run all of them flee and then it's just harold standing left standing Dude, harold there. needs new friends man harold you're worth more than those friends those friends don't deserve you you're a good guy well at the end of this harold ends up like princess leia chained to a oh no oh yeah to a large movable seat <laughs> oh no to the throne of lady vox and now it's permanently her undead giant toy Tell me he's not wearing an outfit. He got to wear no. his original clothes, right? No, Humpty Dumpty outfit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> With the suspenders? Yep. Oh, like a little kid's outfit. Oh, that's demeaning. Yep. That's not nice, Lady Vox. Yep. Just yep. to like, put her little claw on his head and like pat her fingers on his little tufts of hair. Oh, yeah. All kinds of fun stuff like that. Man, Lady Vox wins supreme. So, yeah, uh, congratulations to Lady Vox. A little Rocky music here. I want to encourage everybody to become a patron at our Patreon link in the show notes, or you can go to Patreon Forever Quest, uh, and then you can help participate in these things. I'm going to open up a section where you can also enter your entity to be in a tournament uh, with its advantages and disadvantages. Maybe next time there'll be a bigger tournament. Maybe we'll go from four players to eight. Who knows? But first, we need our contestants, which is up to all of you. Sean, you ready to play some fucking EQ? I'm ready. Let's go get it done. Oh! Bye.